0: We're talking about round two, okay? This is part two of learning to walk in fear, all right? How many you guys missed last week? Like I wasn't here. Oh, shoot. Well, uh, we'll do a, a couple seconds of review, but we're going to get into the effects of walking in fear. Last week was just kind of like, how do I actually do that, right? we all say, yeah, we should fear the Lord, but then, it's, well, what does that look like in our life? By the way, it's her birthday. I remembered. Ha! Her name's Ashley. She's 13. Officially, not a kid anymore, a teenager, which means she's got attitude like all over the place. Um, but Ashley, no, are you sta- you gotta stand up? You got you got to help her out. Yeah, you got to. You gotta stand up on the chair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just stand up. she makes standing up so much easier now, huh? All right, ready, set, go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ashley. To you. All right. Oh. Sorry. Okay. So, round two last week. How do we walk in the fear of the Lord this week? Why should we walk in the fear of the Lord? What effect does that have on our lives as believers? It is a tremendous effect, 10 things, uh, over the next few minutes. So I hope your seatbelts are on, your brains are ready to go. There's a ton of information coming at you guys. We got to pray, all right? Lord, we thank you so much for hands to raise in worship. God, for eyes to see the beauty of the sunrise or whatever our favorite color is. God, ears to hear things like music and sound and voices lord it's just amazing you're so good and we take it for granted all the time Lord, i pray that our hands we would surrender them to you tonight lord our eyes our ears our hearts above all things lord they belong to you in jesus name we pray amen is it warm in here to you guys i'm burning i gotta i don't know what i gotta do what do you mean no all we'll just right. Right do a little bit on this side. Okay, walking in fear, uh, is this is a definition, I don't know what the first slide is, but we talked about walking and right little babies need those baby toy things, they're like jumping up and down and they got their toys, when you get old you need help walking again, you got the little walker and you got tennis balls on the bottom and you're just moving along like the movie Up, okay? But walking, is to be moving forward or to be advancing. Okay, that is the call of the believer. In this whole time together over the next few weeks, we talk about what it means to walk tonight in fear, but what does it mean to walk in the spirit? What does it mean to walk in wisdom? What does it mean to walk in love and forgiveness and these different things we'll talk about? It means to be moving forward and to be advancing as believers and advancing the kingdom of God in our everyday living. That's what it means. That's all of it. When we talked about fear, we had kind of like a, I don't know if it, is exactly an acronym, but you can throw it up there. The word fear, it's kind of scary. It's red sometimes. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, boom. There it is. Okay? Fear. But there's a difference between fears uh, of healthy versions and then there's phobias, right? People have arachnophobia. Do you have weird fears? Destiny used to be afraid of what, Oompa Loompas. She had an Oompa Loompa phobia. So if you guys want to dress up as Halloween like <laughs> Oompa loompa, and you'd be awesome, I'll pay you five bucks or something. But uh, what else? I mean, I don't know. I got, what, what phobias do you guys have? Crickets? Really? You're just like, ah, and freak out over crickets? Okay. Spiders? All right, but men, right? You know what we do with spiders, right? Just, mm. All right, Adrian. So you're afraid? of How many of you guys are like, I don't like heights? I want to like heights. I just don't like heights. Okay. You got a weirdo one? you got a weird phobia not really I'm afraid of being afraid that's how manly I am no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding (laughs) what needles Needles. I said eagles I'm like what eagles are awesome afraid of needles how many guys go to the doctors to get a shot and you're just like (sighs) like the movies last one what do you got ferris wheels my wife will not go on a big ferris She want a little one maybe the big ones no way Okay, phobias are bad, they paralyze us, they slow us down, they stop us from moving forward. That's not good. When we talk about the fear of God, it's not that you're afraid of him and you're frozen in your tracks, it is a positive fear, it is a fear that brings respect It is a fear that brings understanding, and it is a fear that brings us to the point of being able to manage the situation, like the fear of guns, right? Uh, If you use them right, they're a positive thing for defense or for hunting and providing food or whatever, Uh, but they're powerful and they're dangerous, and so you have this honest but good respect or fear for weaponry of some kind, or knives. You don't have to be afraid of knives. Just be wise with them, or you'll be like, hey, everybody, I lost my thumb. How are you today? Uh, as long as you're wise with it and you know how to use it, it's a good kind of a fear. In the very same way, that's how we are to fear God, to have enough understanding of his power and his might and his authority, but his love and his mercy and his grace that we revere him, we honor him, but we're not slowed down. In fact, we're encouraged. For the believer, the fear of God is an encouraging thing. It keeps us moving even when we don't want to. You guys ever been told, like, hey, keep going when you don't want to keep going? How many of you guys are part of sports? Yeah? Okay. Your coach ever yell at you? You're, like, slowing down. He's like, go! What are you like? You go! No, that's not what you do. Why? Because there's a good kind of a fear there. You know he's not going to put an arrow in your back or he's not going to drown you in the middle of the night or something weird. Okay? He's not going to start throwing rocks at you. But there's a fear. He's my coach. I am not the coach, and so when he says, keep going, I keep going. Well, there's times in our lives, as believers, God is going to say, keep going. We're not there yet. You are not there yet. Keep going. Keep going. You're on the right road. You're on the narrow path. It leads to everlasting life, but we're not there yet, so keep going. We broke it down. If you guys weren't here, find out what God wants, right? Fear. Find out what God wants. Be in the word. What does he say about lying? What does it say about honesty? What does it say about the role between a, a parent and their child? What does it say about uh, all kinds of relationships, friendships and romantic things? What does it say about drinking and alcohol? What does it say uh, about the Bible itself? What does it say about evangelism? What does it say about church? What, what should a pastor be like? How do you know what church to go to when you grow up? All these things. Find out what God wants, what he says. The E, it was to uh, examine ourselves. Well, how am I doing? This is what you say, and this is what I think. Make sure you're on the same page. Take that time, slow yourself down, and examine where you're at. A was to align yourself with God. Find those areas where you're standing out uh, contrary or opposing God. Like, no, I don't like your way. I want to do my way. Well, suck it up and keep going. Okay, get back in line. we got some things we need to get done. So if you're going to fear God, you find out what he wants. You examine yourself. You align yourself with God's will. And then the R, you respond as Christ would respond. You want to punch that guy out because he'd be mean to you, but he says love your enemies, so you don't. Right? Or you want to start uh, whatever, having the opportunity to hang out with certain people or go be in different places, and you know the Lord says, look it, don't be deceived, don't be deceived. Bad company or evil company corrupts good habits. You're like, ah, man, but they're so cool. God says, don't go. So you align yourself with God's will, and you respond how Christ would respond, right? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse six. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. It's not a phobia. It is a healthy, revering, worshipful kind of a fear. It keeps us going. So 10 things in the life of a believer, all right? What does fear do? Why fear the Lord? What is it gonna have, or what kind of an impact is it gonna have on our lives? The first thing is for the believer, it is a starting line. This is where we start. If you don't have at least a little bit of the fear of God in your lives, I would begin to wonder, look, Lord, do I even know you? Am I even saved? If we don't care at all what God says, then we may not actually love God. He says, if you love me, you will obey me and do my commandments if you love me. And he says, there are people who will bless me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. And so tonight, where are you at? Do you have any idea what it means to fear God? That when you talk to mom and dad a certain way, or you treat brother and sister, or you do something at school, or whatever it is, does it ring in your heart as wrong? Because if you can go along and sin totally carefree, and you don't care what God says, you have a huge, huge problem. It is the starting line. Psalms 111 verse 10 it says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the very end, but it's where you start. If you don't get to this point, you will never go another step. It is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding, have all those who do His commandments. His praise it endures forever. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One. Who's the Holy One? Anybody know? Give me his name. Jesus, okay, the Holy One. Uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is where it all starts, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom isn't just being super smart, okay, that's knowledge. Knowledge is the acquiring of facts, Uh, it's the acquiring of how many books you've read and definitions you've memorized and all kinds of different stuff. Understanding is being able to take what you know and apply it to life. It doesn't matter how much you know, how much you understand. It's when we take what we know and apply it to life. That will never happen and never start until we begin to fear God. You guys know If a kid is eight years old and still hasn't learned how to walk, there's something wrong, right? There's some kind of a handicap. There's something just unhealthy going on. You guys understand that? It makes sense? If you saw a nine-year-old kid just kind of scooting across the room, you wouldn't understand, man, poor kid, something happened. There are people who sometimes within Christianity, uh, they come to church a ton. They've been in children's ministry or they've been in junior high and then they go to high school and they're still kind of just scooting along in the simplest of things. They've got all this knowledge. They could quote Bible verses, boom, 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 boom. They've got the stories memorized. They might even have learned to play worship on a guitar. But when they live their life, there is no true wisdom. They haven't applied it. We're not to be handicapped in our faith. We're to be walking, and it starts with the fear of God. Okay, so for the believer, the very first thing is it is the starting line. The second thing, it's to be our desire. When you pray, Start every, man, for the next couple of weeks, just start praying. Whatever you pray for, pray with thanksgiving. God, thank you for, right, awesome 10 fingers, not four. That'd be weird. Like, thank you I was born with all my toes. Thank you I can see in color, not in black and white, whatever. Thank you for steak and mashed potatoes and cheesecake. Like, thank you, God, for a family. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you, if you guys get air conditioning at night, man, praise the Lord. I remember growing up, we used to lay all, everyone in the living room, Cracked the door open, and the screen was there, but there were holes, so bugs would come in throughout the night, hoping for a breeze. It'd be like a hundred degrees at one o'clock in the morning, and you're laying half on tile because the tile's colder than the carpet, but it's hard, so your arm falls asleep. I mean, now it's like, oh, look at this, (coughs) this so cool, man. If you don't, if you're not thankful for just those simple things, go live in the backyard for a night, man. It's crazy. But the next thing, when you pray with thanksgiving, start praying, Lord, give me a greater fear of who you are. Start asking. It should be our greatest desire. Proverbs 23, 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous. It means passionate for the fear of the Lord all the day. Every minute, our heart should not be the envying desire for what sinful people acquire. It should be our desire to follow the Lord and to be full of the fear of God. Do you guys ever tempted to want what sinners have or want what the world has? Yeah, I'm just curious. What are the things that pull at us? What are the things that, you know, you put a carrot in front of a donkey's face? I don't know who would follow for a carrot. You have to hang something better than that in front of my face. But what's the stuff Satan hangs in front of your face? What is it? What's your distraction? What do you think, Curtis? Video games, boom, right? They're not in and of themselves wicked. They don't just, like, transform and start throwing knives at people. Like, they're just an inanimate object. But, they, man, they suck the life out of us sometimes. Totally. What else? Music. We get lost in it. Or how many of you guys are really tempted to like the really bad stuff? I'll put both my hands up, man. Some of the catchiest songs, do you listen to the lyrics? How many of you guys are like, I just like the beat? Honestly, okay? Someone super close to me is like that. Oh, this is the best song. I'm like, it's like, I'm going to kill my mom, and then I'm going <laughs> to kill my dad. Like, you're like, it's a catchy beat, but good grief. Or there's a Christmas song. Do you guys know the Christmas song I'm talking It's like, baby, it's cold outside, right? And what's it? and then she's like, I got to go. And he's like, no, stay a little longer. And like, it's just, you're going to hear it this Christmas. It is the most to me, like, wicked song ever. And it's this nice, catchy melody. It was like during your grandparents' age. It's an old song, right? right? You're going to hear it. But because it's got this nice, catchy tune, and the guy's talking all nice and soft, and I can't sing so good, but whatever, right? You're like, oh, this is a great song. And no, it's about him tricking this girl not to go home and just spend the night in his house. It's like, that's bad. That's not Christmas. It's <laughs> <That's> Satan, like. <laughs> Anyways, our desire Maybe it's music, maybe it's video games, maybe it's fame or popularity, or it's money or it's acceptance. We just want someone to accept us, and so we'll do whatever we need to do. We'll dress however we need to dress, talk how we need to talk. We just want someone to love us. There, no one will ever love you the way Jesus Christ already does. Do you guys know that? Not as a fact. If you come to the realization in your heart no one ever will love you the way that Jesus Christ already does. What about want to get married? Nope. He was made of dirt. He's a dirt ball. Okay. He'll love you, take care of you, but he's going to fail sometimes. My dad's my hero. Awesome. But no one is like your father in heaven. No one. No one will love you the way Jesus does. Do not let your heart envy sinners. But be zealous. Be passionate. And if you don't have it, but you want to have it, do you guys ever, you want, to trust God, but you have a hard time trusting God, or you want to fear the Lord, but you have a hard time fearing the Lord, or you want to have more courage, but you don't have the courage. Am I the only one that ever falls into stuff like that? There's a guy in the Gospels, oh, right on, okay, sweet, I'm not the only one. There's a guy in the Gospels, he comes and he's like, oh man, Lord, help me, and he says, if you believe, you got it, and he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. He realizes, I do, but not enough, and Jesus says, no, 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 that's enough. Even the littlest bit can have the greatest impact. Even if you fear God just a little bit, pray for more. Lord, I fear you, but I want to fear you more. Lord, I love you, but I, know I, want, I want to love you more, I don't know how. You guys ever have just those bad days for no reason at all? And I gotta tell you, it, it doesn't always get easier. The answer may become more clear but it doesn't always get easier. This morning, I got up. I've been, I have just made this thing with the Lord. I'm going to start getting up super early and reading my Bible. And it's been awesome this week. Getting up, got my coffee. I think I've told you guys I love my coffee, my toast. Lightly toasted when it's lukewarm. You put your butter and honey on it so it kind of melts in, but not all the way. And I got my coffee and my toast and my Bible and reading. And then it's just awesome. For me, it's like the best time in the day. This morning, by the time the sun came up, I was angry and frustrated and walking around the house. It's No one else was awake. Nothing bad happened. Nothing went wrong. No bad news. No one yelled at me. The house didn't fall down. My kids are all alive. Like, you're just in a bad attitude. What the heck? Lord, I love you, but I want to love you more. Lord, help me surrender this stuff to you. Even my emotions, God, take it. Everything seems backwards right now. I just read my Bible for 15, 20 minutes, and now I'm all frustrated. What is that? Maybe it's God going to lead us into something deeper. I don't know. But I know this. He is very, very present in our time of need. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. Psalms 27, verse 4. This should be our prayer. David prayed this. He said, one thing I have desired of the Lord. And that's the thing I'm going to seek, he says. That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He says, man, you know what? I've won battles. I've acquired nations. I'm the king. Everyone answers to me. I've got riches and wealth. I've got it all. But forget it. All I want to do is be with the Lord. Like, I want him, but I know I should want him more. Ask the Lord. It's our starting line and it should be our desire. The third thing, it's not tricky, right? It's not tricky at all. Okay? These kids could do it. You can do it. They're little. How small do you think you can be to begin to understand the concept of fearing God? You can be pretty young, younger than you guys. You guys should be like well on your way to learning how to walk with God. You might trip sometimes, you might stumble, but he says, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Is this to scholars and professors? Is this to pastors only? No, to children. It's not a difficult or tricky thing to walk with God. In fact, how many of us recognize it's pretty clear what he calls us to do? The tricky part's being obedient to it. That's the hard part. It's not hard to figure out what God would have us to do. It's not difficult to find out what decision we should make. It might be hard to follow through. He says, come children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You guys, there's a difference between the fear of God and the fear of man. A lot of us, we fear people around us. A lot of us, we're so influenced by the current circumstance that we forget the eternal purpose. Totally. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 so for God has not given us a spirit of fear, then where does it come from? If God has not given us a spirit of fear, it means terror of fright, that kind of phobia thing we were talking about. If God hasn't given it to us, where did it come from? Satan. What's option B? I'm with you. Satan does things. Our human flesh, our own nature. So either Satan or our sinful nature is on us, man. When for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, he didn't, and what did he give us? Power and love and a sound mind. It means a stable mind, one that you're not gonna be worrying and freaking out and what if and how come, but he shed and then she did and then I'm gonna look like this and they're gonna make fun of me and they're lying about and the gossip. And Let it go. God says, no, 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 no. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stay the course. It's hard. I know it's hard. Stay the course. But what if, no, 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 no. I'll tell you right now, anything that you become afraid of, recognize it as the enemy. If you won't pass out flyers at school or go to Christian club because you're afraid of people mocking you or making fun of you or thinking less of you, that is from Satan. Let him know where he's going, right? It's gonna be kind of hot there. Say, Lord, this is not from you. You've not given me fear. You've given me power, love, and a sound mind. And so you walk right through those people into that door, or you walk out and you give your friend the flyer, or you invite them to church, or you take them to some crazy crusade, or whatever. But fear is not of God. Not the phobia. The fear of man, it intimidates us, it brings terror and worry. The fear of God, reverence and honor and amazement, that's where worship comes from. Worship is born out of a healthy fear of God. Man, it slows us down. It makes us second-guess ourselves. How many of you guys thought, yep, I know exactly what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden someone calls you up or sends you a text or has an opinion, and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if I should go anymore. I don't know if I should do that anymore. The fear of man causes us to second-guess ourselves, but God gives us boldness and confidence and courage and strength to press on. What does it mean to have the fear of God? It means that Jesus Christ is first and everything else is last, okay? That in our lives as believers, Jesus Christ is first and everything else is last. Okay? What's first in our lives? Jesus. Okay? What's first in our lives? Jesus. You got to scream it. Right? We got power and love and a sound mind. What is first in our lives? Jesus. Right? And if Jesus is first and what else is last? What's last in our lives? Everything. Everything. (laughs) Jesus. Homework is last, <laughs> like way last. Nope, because if you fear God, you'll do your very best, because you don't do your homework for your mean English teacher or your cranky mom in the moment. You do it for God. You tr- what, if, what if every paper we recognized as if we were turning it into God? Oh, oh, Lord, what do I sign up for? Detention and Saturday school, and I'll be here, like, Right? God says, don't live your life serving people. Do it as unto the Lord. You've heard that phrase, as unto the Lord? That's what it means. Forget the face in front of you. It's your father that you're doing it for. That's the fear of God. Jesus Christ is first and everything else is last. The fear of God. If anything comes between you and the Lord, remove it, including fear. It brings confidence. The fear of God brings confidence. How many of you guys are kind of shy? You're just that, you're like, I'm too shy to raise my hand. <laughs> like, I was probably the shyest kid I knew growing up because I didn't know anybody because I was shy. Okay? Uh, I still prefer to be in the back of the room. Up here freaks me out. But when you begin to fear God, he gives us amazing confidence. Not in yourself. You'll never be like, oh, I'm amazing now. You begin to realize, man, the Lord is amazing. And I really can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The fear of the God brings confidence into the life of the believer. Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge or safety. Think about people who feared the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Burning hot furnace. They see the smoke coming out, and they're like, yeah. You know, you can throw us in, but we're not worshiping your little false idol. No way. Our God can save us, and if he doesn't, I don't care, because ain't no way I'm doing what you say, Mr. King. Where does that come from, the fear of the Lord? You guys know about Nathan? The prophet Nathan walks up to David, the king, right? He could have anyone put to death at any minute, and he says, David, you have sinned against the Lord. Try that. Try, Try walking home to mom, right, tonight, and be like, Mom, you have sinned against the Lord like no way tell your dad go in the garage dad you have sinned against the lord right no way you're out of your mind how much greater to walk to the king and be like hey king yeah you have sinned against god where does that come from the fear of the lord because you're not afraid right jesus christ is first and everything else is last It brings us confidence. The fear of God hates evil. I thought we're not supposed to hate. You know the believer is supposed to hate? You as a Christian are supposed to hate. Burning passion cannot stand, makes you want to vomit and destroy it, hate. What? Proverbs 18, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You like when little kids are murdered? No. I hate that. That's a healthy thing. You like when other Christians are killed in other countries? No, I hate that. Right on. Abortion, when we kill the unborn. You like that? No, I can't stand that. We need to stop that. Right on. All right. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It's to hate wickedness, to hate things that are twisted, pride and arrogance in the evil way. We're to hate it. When you hate something, you want nothing to do with it, right? Have you guys ever even though we shouldn't hate our brother and sister, they're not evil, they're not wicked. You're like, yes, they are, now I can hate them. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. But you guys ever hated your brother or sister? Right? God says, ha, guilty of murder, all y'all with your hand up. But here's the deal. When you hate something, it's the last place you would be, right? If you hate that person, you're like, I ain't going around them, I'm not talking to them, I'm gonna pretend like they're dead to me. They're like, hey, you're did you hear something mom? I didn't hear anything. Like, we do it. Guys, what if we hated what was evil? Hated it. What if we hated sin? What if we hated lying? Hated lying, couldn't stand for it. What if we hated jealousy? What if we hated lust? What if we hated pride and arrogance? What if we hated rebellion? What if we hated disrespecting our mom and dad? What if we hated that? What if we hated our temper? What it's the last place. You, you do everything in your power not to be around it. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It brings confidence. It hates evil. This is fun. It sanctifies us. The fear of God sanctifies us. you guys know the big old word sanctify? What's it mean? It's kind of two definitions. Yep. Purify. It means to purify, Okay. In the concepts that we're talking about tonight, it means to purify, to take something that's dirty or messed up and to make it clean and new and valuable, okay, to sanctify. You guys know about diamonds, right? That's the size of my wife's diamond, literally that big. Um, Not really. I wish. No, I don't. That'd be weird. (laughs) Um, But where are diamonds found? In the 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 dirt, right? And what were they before they were diamonds? Rocks, coal, and then put under pressure and extreme uh, heat and all this crazy stuff, they get hardened to this unbreakable stone that we call a diamond, and people dig into the soot and into the dirt and come out dingy and dark with this just dimly, have you guys ever seen an uncut diamond? They're kind of gross looking. They don't look that special. They look like a broken lamp that got buried 100 years ago. They're, they're just messed up, but you clean it off. And you buff it, and you cut it, and all of a sudden it's this priceless gem. God says, look, I will dig as deep as I need to. But that in our lives, that sanctifying power, God says, I am continually removing wickedness. I'm continually removing sin. I'm continually removing your selfishness and giving you my heart. Proverbs 16 6 In mercy and truth atonement is provided for iniquity. We're saved by God's mercy, his grace, his truth. But after salvation, there's still this work all the way until we die called sanctification. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. We will never be sanctified. Never. We'll never care about God's call in our life. We'll never care at all. As long as we're number one. The one who put God first and everything else last we begin to find out what it's all about. You guys know what it's like to be satisfied? I mean, perfectly content, perfectly content. Very few times we probably experience it. I mean, maybe it's your idea of perfectly satisfied would be like right after eating whatever your favorite thing is, Why, right after eating homemade waffles on the beach in Hawaii at sunset with dolphins jumping, a light two and a half mile an hour breeze through my hair, and a one and a half day suntan. Like that would be, I would be just, oh goodness, almost heaven, right? Totally satisfied. But it would go away. The fear of God satisfies, Proverbs nineteen twenty three. The fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited. It means he will not be affected by evil. You know, most of our life, we live just wanting to find contentment, wanting to find joy, wanting to find satisfaction. That's why we have hobbies. It's fun, and we think, oh, that'll bring satisfaction to my life. That's why we have friends. We think that they're going to somehow help our day be better, and so they're going to bring some kind of satisfaction to our life. And we have this idea of maybe having a family someday, and that's going to bring satisfaction to our life. I'm telling you, it's temporary at best. The fear of God making him first and everything else last is amazing because that brings true, everlasting satisfaction that no matter what your friends are doing or what hobbies you can and cannot afford or what family you do or do not have, no matter how crazy things might be in your home, God brings a satisfaction that the world cannot rob. For the believer, it's a way of life. The fear of God's to be a way of life. Deuteronomy 8:6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. How are you? You good? Earthquake. Everyone's going to walk in their own way, right? We all have our own style. Right? Some people are like, oh, yeah, what's up, dog? Woo, we got this cool, like, limp thing going on. We think it's cool, but it's not. We all wear our sideways hats, or we all, we do what we want. We carry a skateboard. We roll on a skateboard. Everyone walks different. My grandma told me when I was in junior high, she's like, I can see you from a mile away, even in a crowd, because you walk different than everybody else. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? I I still don't know what she meant by that. I think I walk normal, but maybe I'm a weirdo. I don't know. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God. The question is, is he your God or not? That really is the question. It's what it comes down to. It's a game, or he's your God. Those are the only options. You shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. It's a way of life. I had a good friend growing up through high school, we used to surf all the time, and he was overboard. If the surf was ever good, you're in English class, you're like, yo, where's Adam? He's like, the surf was good, so he left school. It's like, what? He lived for it. He used to say, man, surfing's not a, surfing's not a hobby, it's a way of life, man. <laughs> it's like, dude, you need to chill out, you're gonna fail high school. Like, but for him, it was a way of life, man. For the believer, fearing the Lord isn't just sometimes convenient. It's our way of life. 2 Chronicles 19, 9, And he commanded them, saying, Thus you shall act in the fear of the Lord, faithful and with a loyal heart. The believers to fear God with a loyal heart. Imagine if you get married and your wife's kind of loyal or your husband is kind of loyal. You know the Bible describes you as the bride of Christ. and He the bridegroom. We're not to be kind of loyal, but to see him as the head of our lives as first and all else as last. It causes growth, the fear of God causes growth Not just in us, but literally around the world. How do we win people over to the Lord? How do we show people who Jesus is? The first step, remember it's the starting line. Begin to fear God. Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says, Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace, and they were edified, they were built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. How did the church grow? They feared God. No one wants to be like a fake Christian. No one. No one wants to be like a fake believer. No one. Our greatest witness is our fear of the Lord. Not a phobia, a reverence and a consistent following. The last one, grab your Bibles if you haven't flipped any of these yet and open it to Proverbs chapter 1. This is the 10th thing. It's not to be neglected. The fear of God is not to be neglected. For some of you, maybe this is the warning. Hopefully, maybe tonight's the night to wake up. But for those who do not fear God, they push him away. They will not bend their need. They will not confess him as Lord. They're going to do what they want, and that's just the way it's going to be. That's fine. God will let you do that, but he warns you tonight. Be very careful how hard you let your heart get because there is a point in time in which it will be made solid. Proverbs chapter one, starting at verse 25. Because you disdained, means you hated and had no regard, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. When God said, don't go there, you're like, whatever. When God said, don't talk that way, you said, ah, whatever. And God said, hey, you better watch your attitude. Whatever. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. God says, I also, I will laugh at your calamity. When trouble comes upon you in the end, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. And when your terror comes like a storm. And your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me. But I will not answer be a scary moment for some. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. We think that we can just play games all the way up to the very end. God says, think again. Because my grace is great in your lives and my mercy extends to a thousand generations and my love is everlasting, you think somehow you're just going to play a game all the way to the very end? There will be some that, now nah, I don't want, any, whatever, Lord. Now nah, I don't care. And they just reject it and reject it and reject it. And at the very end, they're going to cry out. And God's going to say, you're, cr- no way. Matthew ten twenty eight. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Don't be intimidated by people. Don't be driven by what's cool for the moment. He says, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. I want to encourage you guys. I know it's a heavy place to end, but where are you at with the Lord? you just mess around with them all the time? And walking in the fear of God, there is grace, there is freedom, there's confidence. It sanctifies us, it satisfies us, it causes growth in us. A children can understand it. It's not too difficult, and God's calling out to you tonight, follow me. And if you would even say, Lord, I fear you, but not enough. I want to fear you more. Start asking. He says, if you ask, I will give it to you overflowingly, abundantly, I will give it to you. But for some, you do not have because you do not ask. I want to challenge you guys, starting now, fear God in the little things, the little things. The way you talk, the way you treat people, what you do with your free time, how you act in church. Bear with the little things. A Christian is not made up by the big things they do. They're made up by the little steps they take. Right, we're going to worship, and as we do, it's just one song, but if you need to just get away for a minute and slip off to the side or go to the back, or if you need prayer and you're like, look, it, I am not right with God, but tonight I want to be, be right with God when I walk out of here. Let's pray. Let's make it right. While his grace is sufficient for us, let's make it right. Father, we love you because you first loved us. And Lord, for those of us that have taken advantage of your grace and your mercy, Lord, tonight we ask for forgiveness. God, that you'd give us a new heart. New eyes to see the way that you see. New ears to hear the way that you hear. God, that tomorrow morning when the sun comes up, should we have that long? Lord, we'd walk in your goodness and in your mercy. Lord, for those that tonight are saying, Lord, I love you, but not enough. I want more. Thank you for the promise that if we seek you with our whole heart, we will find you. Thank you for the promise, God, that everything intended for evil in our lives, you will use for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And those tonight, maybe that their heart is still hard, God, would you break it before it's too late? Bring them to the end of themselves that they would see Jesus as high and lifted. While heads are bowed and you guys' eyes are closed, I just want to ask you guys to think about it for a minute. Where are you at with the Lord? If your life, your daily life, was what we read and had to determine. The amount of faith or love you have for God, what would it tell us? We had to sit down, mom, and be like, hey, based on his actions, does he love the Lord? And we pulled your brother and sister in your, room, hey, based on his actions, does he love the Lord? Or we went to your school and we sat down at lunch and asked your friends, hey, forget what he says, based on his actions, based on how she is, does she love the Lord? if you know, look, I need to make things right with God and you want to, I want to ask you right now to raise your hand really high. I see rise. eyes. Don't, you don't have to show me rise. Right on, man. God will so bless that. Awesome. You know what's amazing? God, oh my goodness, this is so rad. God says ask, 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 ask. It's not what we can do. It's not our strength. It's God's strength in us. He says, when you're weak, tonight if you're like, I am broken and I am crushed, God says, right on. That's the man I can fill. That's the woman I can use. As we worship right now, worship with your whole heart knowing God will forgive you and fill you to overflowing. But walk in it, right? If you need prayer, we'll be in the back, but let's, uh, let's close in a song of worship.